And welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Good to be back in the studio for a second straight week. A little bit of an interesting week. Uh, we've got four teams that are currently still playing here in the Seattle area. Two of them uh, were active this week in terms of actual games played. Uh, the other two were getting ready for their playoff matches. And both of them uh, are soccer teams here in Seattle. The Sounders and the Rain are preparing for their respective playoff uh, appearances. The Rain uh, already won in the quarterfinal match a few weeks ago. They're getting ready for the end of semif semifinal this upcoming weekend that we'll talk about briefly. Uh, and the Sounders play tonight. By the time that you're seeing this, it'll be two hours before kickoff um, at Lumen Field in round one of the MLS Cup playoffs. So that'll be exciting, but obviously we've got an order that we go in. Uh, and speaking about exciting teams, the Seahawks, they brought back the nice throwback jerseys from the 1990s themed era. I I know I should have the logo with me here, but our graphics do. So there's that. Uh, the Seahawks were able to beat the Cleveland Browns, a tough Cleveland team. Obviously, if you pay attention to the NFL world, the uh, the football world in general, Cleveland's had a tough time as a franchise here in the National Football League. But they've got one of the best defenses in the league. And despite being without, uh, you know, their respectively played paid quarterback to Sean Watson, uh, instead having XFL legend P.J. Walker uh under center this week they've got a ton of weapons on offense and they put up a good fight for seattle a lot of big explosive plays early on the seahawks put on 17 points in the first quarter but went silent until the game-winning drive from geno smith um late into that fourth quarter uh finding rookie wide receiver jackson smith and jigba on a little uh, wide receiver screens if you're a seahawks fan wide receiver screens have not been your friend for a long time that changed yesterday uh as jsn took it to the house uh, in the red zone to score, and Seattle's defense was able to prevent any sort of Hail Mary from Cleveland uh, with time running out. So really nice to not only get this win against a good Cleveland team that had a really good defense. I talked about it last week. I was worried about Miles Garrett being a game wrecker. He didn't end up doing that. Uh, he almost did. He had a sack. His first sack of the game, Cleveland's first sack of the game, came late Uh Seemed like it was going to stop any momentum that Seattle was going to be able to potentially build. And, you know, so that was really big uh, to not let one of the hottest players in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball uh, ruin your game plan. We're going to go over to offense here. I know that I just mentioned JSN had the game winning touchdown, but Tyler Lockett continues to be incredibly reliable and consistent for the Seahawks team. He, he's uh, been our player of the game on offense a few times already this year for Seattle. Eight receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown in this game, including this nice back of the end zone score that you see on the screen, on your screen there. Uh, again, those just jerseys, man. Excellent, excellent. And they'll be wearing them again, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, even throughout the course of the game, early in that first quarter, Tyler Lockett was a big reason that Seattle was able to move down the field so well. Those explosive chunk plays, Seattle taking advantage of short yardage uh, and helped get them 17 points on the board. Cleveland's defense settled in. Uh, those next 
few quarters made things hard for the Seahawks. They were able to get those chunk plays on the game-winning drive to win it there. Defensively, there are a few options that you could have gone with here. Uh, I went with Boye Mafe. Mafe has been big on the pass rush for Seattle this year. Coming in as a second-year player, uh, pass rush has been an issue for the Seahawks the last few seasons. Uh, Chino Nuosu going down with an injury. We'll talk about him when we get to injury-related news. That's a big uh, problem. Daryl Taylor will have to step up in his absence, but Mafe will need to continue to play as he has this season if Seattle wants to go to the promised land, and he did so today. Well, Sunday, eight tackles, three solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, four quarterback hits, and one fumble recovery in this game. All over the stat sheet for Seattle in this one, you could have gone with Jamal Adams, who ended up <laughs> heading a ball with his helmet. Uh, shouted out Messi for that one. The Sounders called him an honorary sounder on Twitter after that, uh, leading to an interception from Julian Love. Tariq Woolen had an interception in this game. So you could have gone a few different avenues, but I went with Boye Mafe. Inactive list, we'll go over the inactives briefly. Thankfully, nobody was too... Uh, in terms of starters outside of Phil Haynes on your screen there. DK Metcalf was sick the day before this game. He ended up being able to go, so that was good. Um, nobody too starter-worthy on the inactives list, thankfully, for Seattle, but still working on some offensive line issues. Abraham Lucas is still on injured reserve. Seattle, again, the nice nice ah, it is it is beautiful it is beautiful i know a lot of folks who are uh around for those days of the seahawks the kingdom days i uh, will enjoy it more i again don't mean to age anybody but i wasn't alive during that time so i apologize but i can still appreciate how good they looked the silver helmets the jerseys themselves a lot of people have called for seattle to make them either an alternate or the permanent jerseys i wouldn't be mad at either option necessarily but we'll get to the game itself Cleveland's a really good defense, a really good defense. The secondary, uh, I mean, they've still, they've got a lot of talent there. Not a, not a ton of big names necessarily, uh, but Denzel Ward has had uh, had a big game in this one. Miles Garrett, again, could have been a game wrecker for Seattle. Uh, they've got a ton of difference makers on that defense. They settled in after the first quarter, as I mentioned. Seattle puts up 17 of their 24 total points in the first quarter, slows down in quarters two and three, uh, and, and largely the fourth quarter. Again, there was a big drive that Seattle had late uh, where a Miles Garrett sack kind of put the top on it, ended that. Seattle had to punt the ball away. Seattle's defense. I know I talked a lot already about the Cleveland defense. The Seahawks defense was a difference maker here, keeping them in this game. Uh, you know, limiting anything that the Browns were able to do. And, you know, again, I know I mentioned it. I don't mean to put any disrespect on P.J. Walker. He was able to do his thing against Seattle and, and give Cleveland a pretty good chance to win this ball game. Um, and Seattle's defense was able to do enough to get their offense the ball back, give Geno another chance after he had a couple uh, rough. He had two interceptions in this game, two touchdowns, though. So I'm not too worried personally about Geno. I know there's a lot of conversation about it. You played a really good defense yesterday. I'm not going to put a ton of stock into a little bit of a struggle there. Your offensive line hasn't had consistency. If you are building a dream team, uh, or, or a successful football team in the National Football League, having a consistent group of offensive linemen uh, is key. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to be stars. You just got to have a group that's able to gel and work together consistently. And Seattle hasn't had that. The amount of combinations on the offensive line that they've had is staggering. And for them to have that success on offense um, has been big. 
Stone Forsyth was the highest grade uh, playing at right tackle for most of the game. Jason Peters played right tackle on that final drive to help stop Miles Garrett. Um, had the highest graded uh, running run block grade of the entire NFL yesterday. Seattle ran the ball well. I don't know why they got away from it in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, Kenneth Walker was able to generate well in the first half. Jack Charbonnet had a good drive uh, in the second half there. You've got two talented runners. Kenneth Walker, not only shifty, but he can lower his shoulder if he needs to. Zach Charbonnet can really run the football in a Pete Carroll-like style, and that means physical brute force running. Um, and I'd like to get those to the ball more. But you won this game. You got a tough one next week. We'll talk about that in a minute. We got to get to injury-related news. As I mentioned, unfortunately, uh, Uchenna Nwosu went down uh, last week against the Cardinals. Uh, hoped it was going to be something good. New as a pectoral issue. He is going to be out for the season. He needs surgery on a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, at a signing that he had recently, Nwosu said that he hopes to return for the playoffs. Knock on wood. Um, so that would be a big boost to Seattle's pass rush in the playoffs uh, if we get to that point. But it still stings right now. A productive player, not only uh, rushing the passer, but in the run game as well. So there was speculation if this move would happen even before Nuosu went on injured reserve. The team has brought back Frank Clark. Frank, in his second stint with Seattle, uh, excuse me, spent four, his first four years with the Seahawks before going to the Chiefs in a trade winning a ring there, uh, signed a one-year deal with the Broncos this past offseason, only played two games with Denver. Uh, Seattle will be paying Frank Clark the veteran minimum for those that have played the amount of games. So not too much, a little bit over a million, and I say not too much. Man, I would do a lot for a million. But who knows? Um, he was able to play immediately, so he did play in this game against Cleveland uh, and should be a, a little bit of a help there as Seattle tries to replicate what Nuosu brought and Daryl Taylor tries to fill into those shoes as well. Next week, the Seahawks, the 5-2 and two Seahawks, who currently, you can look in the bottom right corner of your screen, are first in the NFC West after their win against Cleveland yesterday and the 49ers lost um, to Cincinnati at home. Seattle moves into first in the NFC West at this current time, thanks to that San Francisco three-game losing streak. Uh, next week, Seattle goes on the road November 5th at the Baltimore Ravens. That's a 10 a.m. start. This is going to be another tough team to play. Uh, I, know I talked about heavily throughout the course uh, of this episode itself and last week's episode previewing the game against Cleveland. The Ravens have a really strong defense. It's going to provide problems for Seattle's offense. I'd like to see them run the football more, play some complimentary style of football, uh, and give your defense some rest. Because when you're going against Lamar Jackson, who can wear out a defense, you're going to have to give them some breaks. You can do your defense a favor, run the football, be productive. Uh, you're not obviously chewing clock in the first half, but you can give them breaks. So that is next week on Fox, 10 a.m. Pacific time against the Baltimore Ravens. That, again, will not be an easy one. Uh, and they're not a lot of easy ones in the NFL anyway um, for our Seahawks. So kind of quiet for our Mariners and our Storm uh, over the last few weeks. Obviously, it's their respective off seasons. The Mariners are kind of in quiet time until the World Series ends. Uh, then free agency and different things can happen. Stephen Vogt has been injured. Uh, interviewed uh, for a couple of different managerial positions. First, the Giants. Um, so the bullpen coach 
former longtime MLB veteran could be on the move. Scott Service at the end of the year press conference did say he hopes to have his full staff back. Stephen Vogt could be somewhere else um, after the World Series ends. So we'll see about that. And the Storm, we're still waiting for the WNBA draft lottery to take place. Then we'll have some more clarity as to what will happen. Seattle will likely have the fourth overall pick in the draft. And depending on who in the NCAA uh, does declare for the draft, it could be one of the better drafts. Move over into our Sounders news here. And by the time that you're seeing this, we'll be close to kickoff for the first playoff match of the MLS Cup playoffs uh, for our Sounders here. Taking on FC Dallas, Seattle finished with the second overall seed, as we talked about last week. Uh, They're playing an FC Dallas team that made a nice push to the playoffs here that we've seen before. Uh, and Seattle was able to take care of business. But obviously, once the playoff comes, it's a new leaf. It's a whole reset for things to happen. And uh, thankfully, with the availability report for tonight against FC Dallas and uh, potentially for the next few rounds, at least, uh, unless anything else is added, knock on wood, the only player that the Sounders are missing tonight who is indefinitely out is defender Reed Baker Whiting with a left hamstring strain. He left the match and the win against St. Louis in St. Louis. With this hamstring strain, uh, he looked obviously upset when it happened. I'm sure he was pretty upset. You know, you're going to miss some playoff time. Uh, as we talked about last week, Reed just made the decision, uh, and well, him and the Sounders mutually made the decision to stay out of an international call-up, I believe it was the Pan Am Games, and instead to stay with the Sounders considering the uh, impact that he's had with the club down the stretch. So tough to lose an impact player. Um like Reed Baker Whiting, unsure if he would have started considering that knew who is back. Uh, but, he, you know, having him available would have been excellent for Seattle as well. So we also talked about uh, a week or two ago with Nico Ladero confirming that he had played his last regular season match with the Sounders. And it seemed unlikely to him that he'd be coming back next year. He said that how he saw it on his end, uh, Seattle seemed to be ready to move on from him, uh, ready to go in a new direction. The Sounders provided some sort of clarity from their end on things, saying that uh, they are still keeping the door open for Nico to return. But considering the aging contracts that are coming up for the Sounders, considering the amount of money that Seattle is paying Ladero and obviously his age here, uh, at least in my opinion and my thoughts on it, all signs are pointing to Nico not being in the Sounders jersey next season, which is unfortunate for one. But, uh, you know, you're just hoping now that you can send him off on one excellent playoff run. So we'll go over the playoff schedule for round one once again. As I mentioned previously, the first two matches are mandatory. Tonight, October 30th versus FC Dallas is a 6 p.m. kickoff. This is an Apple TV Plus game, as every MLS match is. Uh, it is free, so if you don't want to pay for it, uh, MLS, I mean, Apple TV, you can just watch this match. Uh, leg two of this is also, again, this is required, November 4th, Saturday at FC Dallas with a kickoff time of 6 p.m. Uh, that'll be big there, excuse me, for the Sounders. You know, you need to win both of these ideally uh, and then move on. In case uh, that third match is needed, that will be a week from then, uh, a little under a week from then. Uh, Seattle hosts Friday, November 10th versus FC Dallas. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff. That is only if necessary. That's why the asterisk is there. Excuse me. Um, need to take care of business in the first two legs. That starts, as I mentioned, tonight, the uh, 30th with a 6 p.m. kickoff. We head over to our Kraken here, and I've talked about it. I've tried to stay positive. They showed positive signs 
but it hasn't resulted in enough wins for Seattle early into the season. And we're getting into that period of time where it's not too early anymore. Uh, the Kraken continued a little bit of a road trip here. Uh, we talked about it. They had that homestand that, you know, had a nice uh, win over the Hurricanes, who the team would see on this road trip and rematch, uh, but they weren't able to continue that with the loss of the Rangers kicking off this road trip. They do get a nice five to four win in overtime. Uh, Seattle builds a nice three to one lead going into the third period. Then they give up three straight power play goals. Uh, the Kraken have to get a late tying goal in the dying minutes of the third period before Jordan Eberle wins it in overtime. We have two players of the game from this one. First for Jaden Schwartz, Schwartzy, two goals, two points, five shots and one plus minus. Uh, our second player of the game, Jordan Eberly, one goal, one assist, two points, a two plus minus and five shots, including the overtime game winner in this one. So nice to start the road trip off with a win. Uh, hopefully you build some momentum going into the rest of the road trip. Kind of doing so, they rematched that Carolina team that they beat on their first homestand of the year, 7-4, their first win. Um, so that was nice to see, but... Seattle is unable to get both points here. They lose in overtime 2-3 to three to Carolina. Uh, Seattle, a trend here. They get a two-goal lead, and they blow it. Uh, Carolina scores three goals unanswered, uh, including the overtime game winner with 10 seconds left. Unfortunate here uh, to waste a strong opportunity, a strong start, and a strong performance from Joey Decord in net 42 saves and a 9.33 save percentage uh, for our player of the game, Joey Decord, there. Uh, so you get three points out of a possible four, continuing that road trip. You think, all right, that's pretty solid. I like that. Hopefully they can keep that going into Florida. Seattle loses in regulation two to three to the Panthers. Um, you know, all of these games that Seattle has been playing to begin the season, arguably, have been against good teams, uh, either playoff teams last year or teams that could be in the dance this upcoming season. Carolina, I mean, pardon me, Florida, coming off of a Stanley Cup appearance last season, kept a good amount of their players um, unable to make it result in a complete effort, a complete victory. Seattle scores the first two goals of the game. Jared McCann brings a puck right down into the into the crease and is able to do some uh, front-hand, back-hand uh, to beat Sergei Bovrovsky in net. Uh, goal two of this one, Ellie Tolvanen, a tip in as he goes to the net after a missed shot of his own, makes his presence felt, was left wide open net front. Nice tip five hole to beat Bovrovsky. And then the crack can give up three unanswered and lose this one. Uh, our player of the game, defenseman Will Borgen. Borgen, two assists, two points, a one plus minus, three hits, and two shots on the night. Borgen had an excellent game in terms of hockey stat cards. Borgen was far and away Seattle's best player in this one. Um, patterns. Well, trends, the better word I like to use here. Uh, Seattle is getting these two goal leads. They start hot. They've had good first periods for almost every game that they've played this year. Uh, they don't always result in goals per se, uh, but they've started off the game hot. It's around that mid part of the second period where things start to go down for Seattle. Uh, it's, there's been a few games where that's happened. The Nashville loss, uh, the St. Louis loss, the Rangers loss, where that midpoint is where something slips and the momentum completely changes. That was the case in Carolina. That was the case in Florida. Florida, 
Unfortunately, that third goal was on a bad bounce. Joey Decord anticipated playing a puck off the boards uh, coming down from uh, up. It had a weird bounce off the stanchion, and it bounced right in front of the net where he was originally but had gone to play the puck, so the net was left wide open. Nick Cousins of Florida comes in and taps it in easier than anything. Um, So it's tough. The Kraken are putting on good performances in different aspects of their game the goaltending has been solid from both philip grubauer and joey decord the penalty kill to begin the year has been solid since the detroit game where they had those three straight power play goals against it's kind of faltered a little bit uh they've been better discipline wise but have still been able still been allowing those power play goals power play on its own for seattle has kind of been in, uh, increasing um but Still not getting to the net enough. They did it to get their first two goals against Florida, but they have to continue to do that throughout the course of the game. Like to be a little bit more physical, but that isn't necessarily Seattle's identity. So it's got to continue. Changes have to be made. Adjustments have to be made. Lines are flipping and changing, which is one start of things, uh, but you've got to make that conscious effort to get to the net, whether that's tipping pucks out in front, causing traffic. It all helps. So they got to continue to do that as they finish out this road trip. Uh, Seattle with a 2-5-2 and two record. That's two wins, five losses, and two overtime losses. Uh, Seattle sits at fifth in the Pacific Division uh, with six points on the season so far. They close out their road trip tonight, uh, October 30th, at the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that they have never beaten in their two and, uh, what, almost quarter uh start to their franchise as an in the nhl uh the 4 p.m puck drop tampa bay again have never beaten the lightning before tonight's the night to do it as i've said at the top of the segment here you're getting out of time uh, for it to be too early in the season uh, after that seattle will return home and kick off a mini homestand starting november 2nd versus the nashville predators a predators team that you lost to in a tight one earlier this season That puck drop is at 7 o'clock, and then you'll play uh, a Pacific Division team uh, that's also kind of limped out of the gate, uh, the Calgary Flames, a November 4th puck drop against Calgary at 7 o'clock as well. As I've said, and I'll close it out, the Kraken segment on that note, Seattle has been doing things well, but they haven't been able to put it together for a 60-minute performance. We move over here to our OL Rain. This OL Rain, and this is a little bit more of a preview here. As I've mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Sounders and Rain did not play this past week. They've been in training as they prepare for their respective playoff matches, and that's the case with the Rain. Uh, the Rain have a few players out with international duty um, with the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, with Brazil. Uh, Angelina's with Brazil. Just Fishlock is with Wales. Jordan Heidema and Quinn are with Canada. Emily Sonnet, Alana Cook, Sofia Huerta, um, all with the U.S. Women's National Team. So I believe I'm missing someone as well. Um, Rose Lavelle was initially called into that but did not make it uh, due to injury. So she did not join, and she has been back in Seattle training with the club. Obviously, Megan Rapino has retired from international play, so she was not there. Oh, yeah, Sonic, Cook, and Huerta. I did get that right. There you go. Um, Laura Harvey, head coach Laura Harvey, throughout the course of this NWSL season, a tough NWSL season with the World Cup built in, with the Challenge Cup running during the regular season. It's been tough to get training time, and especially training time with this entire group. Uh, they're not doing that right now because the internationals are away with their respective uh, clubs right uh, currently. Um, but getting this 
training times, practice time is crucial to, you know, work on things, get rest from game experience to prepare for a San Diego team that will provide challenges for the rain here. Uh, the rain, uh, you know, head coach Laura Harvey throughout the course of the season has said goals change games and they do. Uh, the rain haven't been able to score enough. Um, and that was a case from about midway through the NWSL season till the end, uh, until that last regular season game where the rain were able to score three goals against Chicago and punch their playoff ticket. They get a big crucial goal late from Veronica Latsko to beat Angel City in the quarterfinal. And now they find themselves in the semifinal. The rain have never won the NWSL title. They're looking to change that this year, but they're going to have to make some history of their own to do so. They have lost the last four NWSL semifinals that they've played in. And if they're going to send Megan Rapino out uh, on top, if they're going to win their first ever NWSL title, they will need to break some barriers that they have themselves have not broken before. Getting through the semifinal and then winning a title, something that they've never done before in their existence. They're going to have to do so against the San Diego Wave team that came in their second season uh, atop the league in standings points, winning the NWSL Shield a year after the rain did so. They've got talent across the board, whether it's Alex Morgan up top, Naomi Gurma in the back. There's talent up and down this lineup, whether it's veteran or young players. They're tough. The rain historically in those first two seasons have fared well against the Wave, knock on wood again. But this is the playoffs. As I mentioned in the Sounder segment, it's the slate is wiped clean. It's a reset. It's an entirely different season of its own. So it's going to be tough. But with the way that they've been playing, with the form that they've showed, um, I'd say anything's possible. So the rain will look to continue that and snap a streak of four straight NWSL semifinal losses. Not straight. Four NWSL semifinal losses in their last four times that they've been there. Uh, when they travel down to San Diego, November 5th at the Wave, that's a 6.40 kickoff time. Uh, this will be on CBS Sports for broadcast if you're not watching in person at Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a big one. As I mentioned, this is a hump that they're going to have to get over if they're going to send Megan Rapino off right. So we will finish out here with our star of the week. And typically I don't do this. I not really highlight jerseys too much unless it's big news. But the Seahawks throwback jerseys from yesterday were excellent. Uh, they had great reviews coming into it ever since they were announced this past offseason. Uh, J.J. Watt. NFL legend, former Texan, former Cardinal, said that this should be the team's full-time jersey, and I don't disagree. Shortly after that, uh, the team themselves announced that they would be wearing these throwbacks a second time this season uh, on the road against the Cowboys. That's a 5-15 kickoff four weeks from now, so it's a little bit later into November, uh, but they will be wearing them a second time. They looked great. The entire NFL world agreed, uh, and they got a win in them uh, to sort of bring them good luck. So that's nice to see. So I went with the Seahawks throwback jerseys, also considering the fact that it's a relatively slow playing week. So uh, by the time that we see you next week in November, the Seahawks will play a tough matchup against the Ravens. The Kraken will look to get back on track. They'll need to get back on track if they're really going to historically uh, do well throughout the course of the season. The Sounders will have played a playoff match, well, two playoff matches by then, and the Rain will have played the NWSL semifinal. So... Do whatever you can to make today a great day. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week in the month of November.
Mm-hmm.